Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin.
Now you may have recognized that that's a beautiful hymn. This is my father's world. It's a very, very beautiful hymn. I'm, uh, I continue to be amazed at how God is able to work in everything uh, to, his, to his honor and his glory because of the message that we'll be uh, looking at today reveals both the humanity and the divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're so glad that all of you are with us today and that you've chosen to, to come out on this Lord's Day and to worship together with us. And we welcome all those who listen by bot, podcast or and over the, the internet. And of course, our, our mission in, in life is to fulfill God's mission, to reach the lost with the message of God's love, salvation, forgiveness of sin, hope for a new tomorrow and a glorious eternity. Amen. And also to strengthen, to strengthen, to edify, to build up those who are already Christian and to guide and lead the church in fulfilling the Great Commission. So we're glad that you're here with us today. We're going to be looking in the Gospel of Mark, so I encourage you to turn there in the Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter. Looking at a very interesting day, and I'm sure every day was interesting in the life of the Lord Jesus. And uh, this particular day, like most days that Jesus spent, he, he spent the day teaching, teaching and preaching healing and ministering to people. But before we, before we, we begin to read, let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Our Father in God, we come to you and we give thanks to you for your love and your mercy, your grace, your creative power. Like the beautiful hymn says, this is our Father's world. You shine in all that is good. The rocks, the trees, everything, the birds, the bees. Your glory, the signature of your majesty and splendor and power. Oh, Father, that we would praise you more, that we would thank you more that we would acknowledge you more. Oh Lord, we pray that as we study your word, that by your Holy Spirit, you will illuminate our understanding for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation of the lost and the inspiring and encouraging and strengthening of the same. What a privilege is ours to be children of God. Oh Lord, help us in our in our endeavor to fulfill the Great Commission, to reach people, to reach this community especially with the message of the gospel and all those listening through the various 
means and vehicles, podcast, the internet, Facebook. We pray, especially for those who are lost and for those who are struggling, struggling in their, in their lives with, with guilt, a sense of, of sin and failure. Perhaps someone is listening who, who is, like so many, helped by the rescue mission and the, and the women's shelter. Wondering if, if they ought to just end their life. We pray that they will not take their own life, but that they will give their lives to you, Lord Jesus. Now, Lord, as we study your holy word, speak to each one of us, we pray, individually and as a corporate body of believers. For we pray this in the powerful, and the saving and glorious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 4 and beginning at verse uh, 33. And with many such parables he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. On the same day, when the evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey? Jesus had been teaching the people, the multitudes, and actually this boat he used as his, uh, as his pulpit where he was preaching and teaching to the multitude of people. And there in verse 33, it said that he, he taught them many such parables. And in this fourth chapter, he speaks on many different uh, subjects using, using parables. But the main subject, or the main topic, I guess I should say, was the topic of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. And from, from many different perspectives, he uses parables. Now, a person may ask, well, what, just exactly what is a parable? And so, give you a, a, just a, a brief a definition. A parable is a simple story from everyday life that sheds light on a profound spiritual truth. Let me read that to you one more time. 
Parables are simple stories from everyday life that shed light on profound spiritual truths. Jesus used parables to illuminate the understanding of those who truly seek the kingdom of God. But the other side to the parable is that those who truly are seeking oftentimes fail to understand the, the parables or the truth that the parables are sharing. He speaks to them about the seed, and the seed is the word of God, the message of the gospel that, that, is, that is spread out, just like the sower goes out and sows the seed. And so the seed of God, the word of God, is, is spread out. And it finds various types of hearts or soil, if you will. But it's only that, that good soil, that soil that's been prepared, if you will, and ready, where the seed actually germinates and then grows. And then he goes on and he, he talks about light. And you see, God's truth is light. Amen? His word gives light, and God's spirit illuminates, or in other words, enables us to understand God's truth and to actually live it out in our lives. We're to be lamps, if you will, or lights in this world, pointing to the great light, our Savior. Amen? And he, he goes on and he, he uses many different uh, examples and lessons through through the parables the mustard seed you know it's so amazing I was thinking just this morning in my devotional it had to do with fig trees and we had a fig tree where when I was a, a boy growing up we had all kinds of, of, of trees and fruit trees and this huge fig tree and each fig had you know a ton of seeds in it just a tiny little seed. And yet that tiny little seed can grow into this gigantic tree. And Jesus was talking about the kingdom. And you know, there in the first century, he, he calls the 12 disciples. And here, some 2,000 years later, it's estimated that there are over 2 billion Christians in the world. Tremendous number, tremendous growth. And we get to be a part of, of that growth. You see. And so we've been preaching and teaching all day long. And then the disciples were, you know, they were very privileged because at the end of the day, they in private could ask him. You know certain questions and as we read there that he took time to explain everything to them and of course in him explaining to them he's preparing them because soon they're going to be out preaching and teaching and leading and so at the end of the day notice that Jesus is the one who says, let's go over to the other side. They, 
So they're going to go over to the eastern, the eastern side. So they're there on the Sea of Galilee. Let us cross over to the other side. And they, they travel by boat. So they all get into this boat. So it wasn't a great big ship. But the boat was large enough to, to carry at least 13, if not uh, a few more. And it, it goes on to say in the scripture that there were other boats uh, as well. Now, some commentators in discussing that statement, there were other boats as well, because this particular event is listed also by uh, Matthew and, and Luke, but they don't mention anything about the other boats. They say, well, that's a, that, that, it's unimportant. <laughs> I got to think of that, that's incorrect. Probably some of those people that were in those other boats were in that multitude that he had been preaching to, and they, they wanted to go along, okay? But here's something else to consider. We don't live in this world alone. Amen? There were other people in other boats, just like there are other people who live in our neighborhoods, who live in our communities, who live in our, in our, our city, state, nation, and in the world. We're, we're not here alone. Amen? And so they, they were there together. But now this windstorm arises. Now remember, it's nighttime. It's in the evening. So a storm would be scary anytime, but especially at night, wouldn't you think? <laughs> so much more difficult to see and probably colder. Now the Sea of Galilee is approximately 700 feet below sea level, and it's surrounded by these, these highlands or, or mountains, some that, that um, are as high as three to 4,000 feet above sea level. So this, this, this huge disparity in terms of, of, of the, the sea and the mountains. And so the wind coming off of the, from the Mediterranean side and also from the Eastern side would come down off those mountains and oftentimes create tremendous storms on the Sea of Galilee. It still happens today because of, of the, the topography. But stop and consider that the disciples, at least many of them, were seasoned fishermen, and they had fished on this sea their whole lives. That's what they did. And they fished at night because they were accustomed to fishing at night. It was... It was customary. They, that's what they did. So this had to be a tremendous storm because they became terrified. And they were doing their best to keep the boat afloat. The waves beat upon and into the boat, it says, and it was, it was filling up. It wasn't completely full yet, but it was filling up. So if you can picture that in your mind, so the wind is blowing, the waves are turbulent, and the boats, those fishing boats, had lower sides on them. So it was easy for the waves to come over and, uh, and uh, fill the water. And they're, 
They're fearing for their lives. Seasoned fishermen, and they're afraid. Well, <laughs> what is Jesus doing? Jesus is sleeping. Now, from their perspective, he was sleeping on the job, so to speak. Okay. <laughs> well, Jesus was tired. So, he had spent the whole day preaching, ministering, teaching, sharing, loving on these people. And he was tired. And he went to sleep in the back of the boat reveals Jesus' humanity. Remember that Jesus is the God-man. He is fully God, and he is fully man. That means that he subjected himself to everything that we're subject to. He got hungry like we get hungry. He liked to eat just like we like to eat. He needed to sleep just like we need to sleep. The Bible teaches that he, he emptied himself and became a man. He became a human being. He came down to our level and subjected himself to everything that we are subject to. So he was tired. Now notice the attitude of the disciples. They're at their wit's end, would you say? They're fearing for their lives, and then they, they look up and they see Jesus is asleep. They're about to, at least in their minds, they're about to drown, and he's sleeping. Notice what they teach. Do you not care? Don't you care? Aren't you aware of what's going on? Don't you care? And, and I don't think they did it gently. No, I like, the teacher, you follow? They, they probably shouted at him. The idea is, hey, wake up, do something. And what do we see there? They find themselves in a circumstance. And I put that fancy word there, vicissitudes, right? It's a great word. It's a fancy word. And it re it's really fitting because it, it means the ups and downs of life. Like those waves, the wind. But in these circumstances, these vicissitudes, if you will, the weakness and the immaturity of the disciples surfaces. So they rush to the Lord. And in their mind or in their hearts, they think he doesn't care because he's, he's asleep. And so what does Jesus do? Well, just like the storm arose, Jesus arose. So he stands up and he speaks. Now, it, it, it doesn't come across the way it is in, uh, in English, the way, the way that it's actually written in the Greek. Because he actually speaks to the wind. And basically what he says is, be muzzled. 
be quieted. And he commands the sea to be still. And the response is immediate. There is an immediate call. Oh, that we would be so obedient. Here you have the wind and the sea obedient to the command of their Lord. Amen. And oh, that we would be so obedient. Revealing his divinity. For he is Lord of all creation. He is sovereign God over all creation. It is through Christ, through the Lord Jesus Christ, that God the Father brought the world into existence and all that is in existence. You read that in the first chapter in the Gospel of John. There in the first chapter in the book of Genesis, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all working together to bring everything into existence. He is Lord. But he is also a man. How do we explain that? Uh, it's beyond us to explain how a man can also be God. But he is. And then Jesus asks the disciples a challenging question, or two questions actually. And again, in the Greek, it's uh, he actually the word that's used is cowardly. So here in the English, you know, they like to uh, make it very uh, uh, tactful. Why are you so fearful? But the word in, in Greek is actually cowardly. Why are you acting so cowardly? It's a little stronger, isn't it? Why are you so afraid? Why are you so cowardly? And then he goes on and he says, how is it that you have no faith? Notice he didn't say little faith. He said you don't have any faith. And the disciples, their, their response is, is one of awe. Now imagine being there in that boat with them, with this storm raging, and all of a sudden, he stands up and he speaks to both the wind and the sea, and immediately they obey. Now the term that's used, because it says, and they feared exceedingly. <coughs> See, they were terrified that they were going to lose their life, but now, and there's a different word that's used, that word is, is, is the word cowardly for that fear, but this word that's used is the actual word phobos, from where we get our English word, a phobia. But it also uses an adjective to describe that they were filled with a tremendous sense of fear and awe. They came to realize that they were standing in the presence of the Son of God. 
and they were filled with, with fear. And again, they were eyewitnesses. And Jesus, in asking those, those challenging questions, he's ever the teacher. Even in his rebuke of the disciples. So what lessons? And we get into the, to the meat of this. And how do we apply it? Because we can apply it in several different ways, individually, but also as, as a church. The first is, like everyone else in the world, we're all on a journey. They were on a journey. They were going to the other side. And we are all on a journey, both presently and we are journeying, journeying to eternity. But we're not alone. There are other people who are, who are in their journey of life. And second, everyone experiences difficulties. We all experience difficulties, setbacks, storms in, in our life, certain circumstances, the vicissitudes, the ups and the downs of life, those waves and the wind blowing. We all struggle from time to time, do we not? And don't you like those people who, who, who act like they never struggle? They've just got it all together, you know. They never make a mistake. They always have the right answer. They know just exactly what to do in every situation. And they also know what you need to do in every situation that you face. Isn't that right? They just know it all. Don't you just love those folks? <laughs> Aren't they the ones that you call on the phone when you need the, when you need the right answer? Uh, we all have setbacks and storms and difficulties, and we all have times in our lives when we don't have the answers to the questions and the difficulties. We all have frustration. We all struggle. Just like the disciples. But here's, here's the truth that the Bible teaches over and over and over again. God cares for us. God loves us. And some difficulties are lessons that he uses to develop within us mature faith in and love for the Lord Jesus, spiritual growth in our lives. And I specifically use the word some, some difficulties. And certainly God can use all difficulties. But we said earlier, Jesus was the one here who said, let's go to the other side. He initiated the journey. You follow Oftentimes, we get ourselves into a situation because we're not listening to the Lord. Sometimes we bring situations into our lives because of our stubbornness or our unwillingness to, to yield to the Lord. And in those times, sometimes God just lets us have that difficulty. 
So we learn another lesson. Amen. So that in the future, when we're faced with that same kind of situation, we'll be wiser. And we will seek Him before we make that decision. But here, the disciples were learning a tremendous lesson. Jesus expects His disciples to always trust Him in every circumstance of life. That is genuine faith. The Scripture says over in Psalm 121, He who watches over Israel slumbers not, nor sleeps. Jesus in his humanity, yes, he was tired, he was sleeping in the boat. And notice, like the disciples, we're to run to our Lord and cry out to him, but not with the idea or the attitude that he doesn't care but with the understanding that he does in fact care. And because he cares, we can come to him at any time. We can approach the throne of grace. Why? Because Jesus has made that possible. And we said that we can apply this, this lesson in, in several different ways, individually, but also as a church. And this is not up on your... Uh, on your outline. And before I ask that, that uh, challenge question there, the C in the scripture is often used to symbolize the world, the sinful world, and, and the conditions that the world presents. Turbulent unpredictable. At any time, a volcano can erupt, an earthquake can occur, a pandemic can strike. And what happens when those things take place? Fear. Just like the disciples in the boat were filled with fear, so fear spreads among the human race. I'll never forget the time. Eden was just a, just a little girl. I, I, I think she was maybe in the second grade or something, first or second grade. And we were out on a boat with, um, with several other folks. And this was a church uh, activity. And we were out at that, uh, what does that call it? Their desert shores or something? That little lake that they have out there in uh, uh, the Summerlin area. And um, on the boat with us, <laughs> were these guys who, uh, they looked like Hercules, okay? I mean, they were, they were just huge. <laughs> and we were going to fish. We were going to go fishing. Well, you know, and, and it, uh, Eden and her brother Joseph, we've gone fishing many times. We had these worms that we had to put on the hook. <laughs> and this guy, when he saw that worm, he, he, he shrieked back in fear and Eden looked at me <laughs> I said no, whatever you do don't laugh at <laughs> don't laugh and I don't want that guy upset with me <laughs> but I, I thought it was a little comical too but then everyone has a phobia about something 
We all fear some different things. And what might seem silly to one is not silly to another. It's very serious. But things happen in this world and people are filled with fear. There are many people filled with fear right now. The sea, the restless, sinful world. And then the wind, the winds of persecution, the attacks and the suffering of the church through the ages, the winds, the differing winds of doctrine that have impacted negatively the church and, it, and its message. The persecution of, of believers through the ages. And then how about the boat? The boat can, can represent the church that has been sailing along, like the ark, like Noah's ark. The church through the ages has been sailing in this this sea or this, this world filled with all of its problems and issues and difficulties. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember that Jesus is on board. And the church is journeying. Our church, our journey is to the other side, is it not? This is not our home. We are but passing through. And then lastly, the sinner's only hope, the world's only hope, is to cry out to Jesus. That is the only hope. He is the only hope for the human race. It's not in the public education system. Oh, that's important. It's not to say that that's not important. It's very important. It's not in the government, although government is important. The answer is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so here's the challenge question. Is Jesus on board with you in your life's journey today? Is Jesus on board with you in your life's journey today? That's the question that we must ask ourselves. No one is immune from difficulty, failure, misery, you, you name it. So oftentimes, people who who want to serve the Lord and seek to serve the Lord, something happens and they're, they, they're, they're not able to, to do what they think that they should be doing to, to serve the Lord, but they, they then have to do something else. And they then feel like, well, I failed. Or why did this happen to me? You notice... The disciples weren't the ones who decided to take the journey. It was Jesus who said, let's go to the other side. And did they have any control over the wind and the sea? Did they have any control over it? No. They had no control over those circumstances. 
But Jesus surely did, because he's the Lord of all creation. And things happen to us. Maybe we're, we're born with a certain um, defect, disability, problem, issue. Or maybe the company that a person is working for goes bankrupt and, and closes down. Circumstances that happen beyond our control. Maybe a hurricane hits. Maybe a pandemic hits. Circumstances beyond our control. But we do know who is in control. Amen? Amen. God is in control. And the disciples, they provide a tremendous lesson for us. They cried out to the Lord. At least they, they went to the right person. Amen? The one who had the power. The one who was able to rescue them. Whatever you're facing today, we all face things. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you are struggling with, God is able in the midst of the storm to heal, to encourage, to comfort. And He is able to use. Amen. He will use us wherever we are if we are but willing to be used. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. So let's stand, please. Maybe you've wandered away. Maybe you've uh, uh, taken a journey that has led you instead of to the Lord, away from the Lord. Or maybe you like the disciples have doubted whether or not God cares. You hear it all the time, well, if God really cared, He wouldn't allow this to happen. If God really cared, He wouldn't have taken my husband. If He really cared, He wouldn't have taken my mother. He wouldn't have taken my wife. How could He let her suffer in that condition? Whatever the case might be, Yield to the Lord. Follow the example of the disciples. Cry out to Him. He is able to meet your need. Let's sing, please. <clears throat> pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.